cannot catch a virus. Well, back at it again, boys. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Let your mind peel away the mysteries of the world. That's right. I'm talking deep. Razzle drift deep. This is Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies Podcast. Oh, by the way, my balls is hot. 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 And we're back. I didn't know who was going to lead in. I was surprised. Was I didn't know if I was going to jump in, you know, you were going to do it. All right, we're here for another episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies podcast. Tonight it is just Chris and I, and I would say it's the arguably the two best looking hosts of the three. You got yeah. to the two good looking guys. Yeah, you guys are lucky tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Big Country is stripping tonight. He's trying to make a little bit extra dough for the new baby on the way. Yeah, since the the wife had to take maternity leave, he had to come up with uh, other sources of income. Gotta shake that ass, dude. Yeah. Make that money, dude. Make the money. <laughs> no one's judging. Yeah, I suggested OnlyFans, but he didn't want to do that. So he <clears throat> doesn't have the time, I guess. He needs that money now. So uh, his his uh, schedule is going to be funked up here for probably what the next three or four weeks. Um, so it's just going to be me and Chris riding solo um, tonight. We are going to discuss Casey Anthony. Before we got to that, though, I wanted to ask you a few questions, dude. Did you oh, see shit. the? I sent you the video of uh, Andre Galvao getting oh. smacked the fuck up. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I watched it and then replayed it because I had I I thoroughly liked it the first time. I watched it a lot, dude. I watched it a lot. Uh, so, so what's the backstory on this? So here's the backstory. Um, there there was a card over the weekend, a jujitsu grappling card. It was called uh, "Who's Number One," the WNO event, right? So um, I believe. Gordon was fighting, I want to say Craig Jones, and he lost his fight. He actually lost the match. He almost had him because he called it before the fight. Gordon said, I'm going to win by mounted armbar. And he got a mounted armbar, but he just couldn't finish it. It was a good match. Uh, so he loses. He gets up. Traditionally, you go over to, you know, shake coach's hands after the fight. And uh, Jones's. um coach one of them was andre galvao and uh andre goes to act like he's going to shake his hand pulls his hand away gives him the bird and they say something to each other and these two have already kind of had like bad blood over the years um gordon ryan has challenged galvao and galvao since he technically retired from competition like two years ago he feels that uh, the only way he's going to return to competition is if someone offers him a million dollars to grapple. Probably not going to happen. Not saying that the sport isn't there yet, but it's clear that that's the only reason he's not com- competing. Right? Yeah. Um, so uh, Gordon Ryan is heading through like this ballroom area to his post-fight press conference and Andre, I don't know if Andre sought him out or what, but he's on the phone and he sees Gordon. He hangs up his phone 
And he starts saying, like, yeah, that's why you ran, you bitch, you're running from me, blah, blah, blah. And Gordon says, I'm not running anywhere. And he's like, come on, what's up? And Galvao goes and puts his hands on him. He pushes him. And he's the one that, that you know, initiated contact. And uh, Gordon slapped him good. He responded in kind. Oh, he, he rocked. It was thunderous. He rocked him. His knees wobbled a little bit. And you see Galvao, his whole... His whole appearance changes. Have you seen those the slap contests where the oh, guys yeah. go up there and just knock each other out? Yeah. That's what it looked like. That's what it looked like. It looked like it was just a free uh, just wind back, and Brian just let him yeah, have it. He and served it, him up. Ryan's a big dude. He is uh, a big guy, and <laughs> and uh, the thing is, is that um, Galvao he comes off as extremely arrogant um, and very. Uh, I, I'm, you know, he's pretty imposing looking guy. He's fucking shredded like an action figure when you see him. But I think he he uses that intimidation factor, mm-hmm. right? Not saying obviously the guy can fight. Yeah. Fucking, he would destroy me in a fucking fight, but unless I get that one good slap in on him, apparently. I don't but, fight fair. I'll, I'll bring yeah, weapons right? and tools. <laughs> so he, um, he, you know, I, I think he expected Gordon to be a little bit intimidated and he wasn't at the slightest. And he slaps him again. It's off Twice. camera. It, yeah. The second one's off camera, but it's yeah. almost as loud. Yeah. The first one was way louder, but the second one, you can tell he still got him again. Yeah. And like, Oh man. And, and then, the, it, so the little scuffle, because people start coming and breaking it up, right? So the little scuffle goes from like this really dimly lit room over to the post-fight uh, press conference room where it's bright as hell, right? You have Gabby Garcia, who's just as big as Andre Galvao <laughs> and about six inches taller than him, stepping in. That's her coach, right? They train together, stepping in, trying to pull him away. You got... John Danaher, who's stand, I, I, I'm convinced that John Danaher just wears fucking jujitsu gear ready to go. Like this guy always walks around in a rash guard. He does. In fucking sweats or gi pants. I think he's just comfortable yeah. like that. And and a fanny pack if he's not on the mat. Yeah. And he's standing there and he looks like he's getting ready to fucking eat Galvao's lunch, dude. Yeah. That guy, Danaher, that guy's awesome. Yeah. He, dangerous human being. Yeah. And then you see good old Eddie Bravo in the background walk by. And he's just, he's got his hands behind his back and he's just kind of enjoying everything. Because you never hear shit like this going down at 10th Planet, you know? Mm-hmm. Not saying it doesn't, but. That second meme that you sent was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It had the, they had the two like clans like fighting against each other. And then in the back, it had like 10th Planet, just Eddie Bravo. Watching. Like smoking a bowl. Smoking a bowl, yeah. Like, hey, babe, everybody just chill out, guys. Come on, man. <laughs> he stares at the camera like, oh, shit. You yeah, know? it's and about to go down. Eddie was just expecting to have, you know, a, a title fight on his hands for free. Yeah. Um, and uh, they end up pulling him apart. Um, but, I mean, it's a very good way. Gordon, Gordon's beaten uh, Jones in the past, hasn't he? I, 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 so. I think I've um, seen him. But it's, it's pretty clear. I mean... I don't think this was intentional by any means because there's a lot of comments on some of the more traditional jujitsu pages that I follow or like, this is disrespectful to the sport. But you know what? Here, here's the thing, dude. Of course, any martial art is supposed to teach you, you know, discipline and you don't want to have to use it unless you have to. Right. Um, but if another grown ass man comes up to you and puts his hands on you, then fuck, you're going to get smacked. Yeah. So I, I guess that you, 
a male in general, mm-hmm. I think one of the worst things you can ever do to someone is disrespect them. Or if someone feels disrespect, they're going to, you know, act in kind and yeah. be disrespectful back. I think you know, this goes to the golden rule. If you're respectful and you treat people how you want to be treated, then typically that's what's going to happen. Yeah. However, remember, he's the coach. He's got to be the bigger person in this whole thing. Yeah. When Ryan comes up to shake his hand, Ryan wasn't being disrespectful. Exactly. Ryan didn't do anything to, to warrant a finger and a you know shake off of the hand. That's that's completely uncharacteristic of what a coach should be doing out yeah. there and, and how he should be pre- representing the sport. So if you want to go to someone that misrepresented the sport, it was that dipshit in yeah. the beginning. Yeah. You know, and then to come up and put hands on somebody else, what do you expect? These are trained, you know, fighters. I mean, don't well, get me wrong. Finished fighting. Yeah, so he's already like, he's already his blood's probably already oh, yeah, boiling sure. from not uh, probably from not competing at the level that he wanted to that night. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the thing that these guys are the top of the you know the cream of the cream. Yeah. You know, at the top of their their game, and if if they lose to someone else that's up there, they're going against. You know, they're going to be upset, and yeah. you know he comes over and pushes buttons and calling him a bitch and yeah. and calling calling yeah, him out. He's running from him and shit and. I, I agree 100%. You know, as, as a coach, he should have handled himself a little better. Um, and then to approach him afterwards, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I highly disagree with what everyone's saying. Oh, it was disrespectful. And to be honest, dude, I like seeing this shit. Now, I, you know, it's not that I like seeing fighters get into fights outside of, the, of, of competition. Um, but I mean, let's fucking be real here. Like these guys have bad blood and it's clear that it's not settled and it's not going to be anytime soon. Um, so if you want a giant headlining match where you're going to make a lot of money, probably not a million bucks, but a lot of money, this is one way to get it. I'm not saying that Galvao took it on the chin to, you know, get the payday that he thinks he deserves, but um, it definitely sets up a super fight for pay-per-view or, you know, something that could be on um, UFC Fight Pass or something like that. Yeah. But <laughs> I think uh, overall, um, Gordon Ryan handled himself the way that he should have. And I, I don't fault him for it. I mean, when you want to talk about how, like, the roots of jujitsu, right? When you have the Gracie Challenges... And you got guys rolling into a gym who are, you know, air quotes, being disrespectful and and they're challenging other fighters to see, you know, whose skills are better um, in their respected martial art. And they end up leaving the gym bloody. They end up leaving the gym with broken arms, broken legs. And you know what I mean? I, I don't see a difference. Um, a challenge is a challenge. And and. Gordon answered it. Yeah, I think he was challenged, and I think he accepted. (laughs) Now, to be fair, and this is no disrespect to Brazilians, but most of the pages that I followed were run by Brazilian fighters. Yeah. And I think if it was the other way around and Gordon Ryan was the one that got slapped, I don't think that the commentary would have been the same. Yeah. Uh, Not saying that this is a race thing at all. Uh, What I'm saying is they're going to back their boy. You know, Andre Galvao is Brazilian. Uh, You know, he's got deep roots in Brazil and I think they're going to defend him over Gordon Ryan any day of the week. Yeah. Um, but I think Gordon Ryan handled it great. And by far, I think the most disturbing thing in the whole video was John Danaher 
just waiting to fucking murk somebody. <laughs> and uh, the funniest thing of all was Eddie Bravo just waiting to see what was going to happen next. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Side note, someone who wants to put in an application to join the Whiskey Beer and Conspiracy uh, podcast. Oh, yeah? Who's that? Uh, is, uh, <clears throat> I was... I was working last night, Cops Plus, and I had I was ending my shift, and there's a the guys that come in after my shift, the graveyard guys, um, a constant listener, someone that just follows us all the time. He says he just plugs in our um, our videos, and he starts playing video games and listens to us as he's gaming, and oh, yeah. he loves us. Uh, he, he's a, a Cops Plus member, nice, and uh, he's like, hey. Uh, do you guys need a Jamie? Because I'd love to be the guy that looks up stuff for you. So you know who you are, Mr. Clapham. Well, um, we'll we're, we're not taking any uh, applications at this time, but uh, we hope in the future to add you onto the show as our Jamie. It'd be great. Well, uh, tell him to join the Discord, and um, once an episode pops up that he feel like he feels like he might have, you know, uh, a uh, deep knowledge of whether it's Bigfoot, true crime, something silly. Um, Swing on through. Yeah, we'll get you on there. Uh, if you haven't joined the Discord, speaking of, it's always popping off and everyone's coming with good ideas. And you know, that's basically how we're trying to pick our shows right now yeah, is that yeah. we're doing polls. So keep being active with the Discord. Keep uh, voting for the shows you want to hear the most. And that's how we're going to run it this year, this season. Absolutely. We're going to have a vote coming up um, probably within the next week uh, for our next show. We have a guest on after this Casey Anthony episode. And then after that... Um, we're going to see who wins our vote. So we're going to decide between the three of us what's going to be next on the list. And uh, we'll let the hooligans choose it from there. So go join the Discord if you haven't already. Go to our website, wbconspiracies.com. You can find us on Instagram, wbconspiracies, Gab, wbconspiracies. Um, you know, Parlor's supposed to be making a comeback, but I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do Parlor, dude. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard... Mm-mm. So the CEO was basically forced to resign, um, and all of a sudden, Parler's like super left. So, uh, do you know who was one of the original members that backed Parler? Was Don Bongino? Oh uh, yeah, Don bon- Bongio or whatever his name is. Yeah. That guy's awesome. Yeah, and, I, it's I don't know, man. It took a, it took quite a turn because out of nowhere, they decided the board decided that the CEO was unfit. Which I mean. The guy did what he could, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Amazon ended up fucking him over in the in the end. It wasn't and just Amazon. I mean, it was, it, it was, it was his legal staff. It was everybody. I mean, and, all and, the other people. There was no other servers that would host them, you know? So it's like, okay, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. So. Yeah. There's not much you can do. I mean, and that's basically, uh, they say, oh, yeah, get your own um yeah, get your you, own servers. You get your own stuff. But all these servers, you got to understand all that infrastructure to make all that stuff happen is already in place yeah. with Amazon and all these other big tech. And that's, that's how they're controlling things. Mm-hmm. And then this goes back into the control that these five, you know, five major companies have. Yeah. You know, and they just, they sweat on everybody else until they break. And that's what happened, you know, with the, with Parler. And that's what's going to continue happening, you know, with anyone that has an alternate uh, viewpoint of them. They're just yeah. going to continue. Um, I'm off Facebook. Yeah, yeah. This is Steph. Uh, 
So she had tried to send you something on Facebook. I was like, "Oh, Mr. Chris is not on Facebook. Uh-uh. I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm 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 on Facebook, but I can't tell you. I mean, I don't ever check it, dude. If I get like someone's birthday notification that I still talk to, I'll say happy birthday. Other than that, yeah. I don't get on Facebook. Um, I'll tell you off air what what's going on with that. Yeah. Okay. Typically, I'm on Instagram. That's about it. Um, but. Yeah, dude, it's it's shitty. Like Chris said, these these people are like, well, why don't you make your own social media company? Well, they do, and then this is what happens. You know, they get shut down. Gab, they did it the smart way. They got their own server farms, and they're growing fucking rapidly. Yeah. Um, you know, President Trump was at CPAC this weekend. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Huge turnout. Spoke yeah. for about an hour. I listened to a couple of the guys give some good speeches. Oh, yeah. They were fiery. there was fired up. Yeah. Um, so yesterday, I saw this. I'll make this quick point, and then we'll jump into this week's episode. Uh, yesterday, there was an article. Apparently, General Flynn and Sidney Powell were on uh, someone's podcast. I can't remember. Um, but she had said that there's currently enough public evidence to overturn the results of the election and at least five states. Now, I don't know how much further that's going to go because the Supreme Court's already kind of fucking rolled over on that. And it seems like they could care less. There's one member of the Supreme Court that said they missed an opportunity. Absolutely, they did. And now you see what's happening to him? Yeah, he's getting shit on him, <laughs> you know. But it's 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 par for the course. I mean, yeah. that's always what happens. Um and, you know, the left right now is just out headhunting and they're doing everything they can to quiet what they would consider conservative voices, um, which is pretty much anybody that disagrees with any point of their narrative. So, uh, I mean, I don't know how much further we can go with the court systems as far as the election and fraud is concerned. I yeah. think we've pretty much reached the end of that rope, but... Um, looks like President Trump's going to make another run in 2024. And I'd say he's probably got it in the bag if we can get this voting shit squared away. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I just don't I don't think that the voting stuff is going to be squared away because I don't think there's going to be any push to the from the left to do anything to secure the vote. Nope. You know, I think that they'll try to keep it. You know, mail-in ballots, they're not going to do any type of voter ID, which is, I think, ridiculous at this that's, point. That's so stupid. How do you – you're going to make me pay for a driver's license to drive in the state where I live and, and everything else, but I, I don't have to have any kind of voter identification? Oh, and your child can go and have sexual reassignment surgery or have um, – Hormone therapy without your permission. I yeah. don't know if you caught that. I didn't catch that today. Where is yeah. that at? Oh, that was passed by the House. Uh, or or that, that was passed. That was part of Joe Biden's administration uh, called the Equality Act. So his health secretary, the, the chick that looks like a dude because she is a dude, has decided that children need to have the choice of having hormone replacement therapy or sexual reassignment surgery. Uh, without their parents' consent, and if the parent interferes, then the children can be taken away. Hmm. Yeah, uh, this is the slippery slope that we've been talking about. Mm. And and regardless, listen, I'm not saying that you know if 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 one of my kids decides that they feel inside of their heart that they are a different sex, then they're just going to have to wait until they're fucking 18 to take care of that. And people were bringing up really good points. 
Those points being, you dump all of these chemicals into these kids. And it castrates them and, and yeah. it changes their whole makeup. It, it changes their whole biology. And they'll never be the same. You'll never be able to reverse that. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what long-term effects are from giving children these, these medications or these drugs because it's unethical to run those tests. Yeah. Um, so now they're allowing that to take place. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I think anybody, any parent at this point should be outraged because – this is for every person that said, oh, it's just a mask. Just wear it. This is where we're at. And yeah. now your rights as a parent are being taken away from you. Um, there's a reason why you can't get a driver's license until you're 16. There's a reason why you can't buy a alcoholic beverage until you're 21. There's a reason why you can't join the military until you're 18. Um, and it's because you don't have the ability to make those cognitive decisions and there's been studies where they say, especially in males, your mind is not completely developed until you're about the age of 25. Yeah. So now you want to give these drugs to a 13-year-old. Uh, I, I remember, I mean, I know it was a long time ago because I'm an old man, but you know, gro- growing up in my teens, you don't know your ass from your elbows. No. You don't know. And the first time that you fall head over heels for a girl and then a week later, you know, she dumps you and you think it's the end of your life as you know it, you know, because you don't have any idea of what the future can hold for you and all these other great opportunities that you're going to have in your life because you can't see past, you know, your nose. Exactly. You know, it's just they're not ready. Kids are not ready to make those type of decisions. And I agree with you 100 percent. And I'm not saying that I, I really do feel that people may have a feeling of not feeling right and they need to sort that that out through Absolutely. their through their life through counseling mm-hmm. through um you know seeing seeking medical advice and working through those issues um up to a point where they can make a cognitive decision yeah. you know i'm 18 or now i'm 22 man this has felt weird my whole entire life at, maybe at 22 because you're, you're talking about if you wait even wait till you're 25, you have your whole life ahead of you exactly. to make that decision. And and at that time, you may feel awkward and th- you're sorting things out. But go through your, through your counseling. Go through at that point some kind of gender reassignment if that's the case. Yeah. But my problem is everything that I have ever heard about it, it is when people even when they do the gender reassignment and they're still the highest suicide rate of anyone of any particular group of mm-hmm. people. And yeah. you're and like I've heard you're telling me that their life is harder than than the Jews during the you know basically their annihilation yeah. by the Germans. Yeah. You know no. Are, are you telling me that their life is harder than everyone else after they've made the assignment? No. Yeah. Because they're so oppressed. That's not the way it is. No. And, and I, it, I, I I you know people are are gonna take heat. Oh, for sure. For it for changing it and you know. And that's just life. People are people are assholes. Yeah. And if you think otherwise, you just gotta see how people interact with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're not any after their their life doesn't get any better after they're making their choices. And that's exactly. why if we rush to it before they're um, able to really think this through, I, we, the permanent effects is going to be it's, it's horrible, gonna be ridiculous. You yeah. know, and. You know, because people are talking about, you know, well, trans people are people. No, you're absolutely right. A hundred percent. They should be treated the same as everybody else. But what we're saying is you you cannot, you know, make those decisions when you're a child. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
That's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, it's, it's just too bad. You know what I mean? Because when it comes to like the defund the police thing and, yeah. and they're like, we need to be sending out, you know, social workers to deal with these people. Cause a lot of these are mental instability type cases. Yeah. Well, I think that's the same when it comes to, um, children who are confused um, maybe they do feel a certain way, but we're at a point in time now where, and, and this has, this is no offense to anybody that's living as a transgender male or female, but we're living at a time where being transgender is trendy, right? Yeah. So if you have a group of kids and some of those people are impressionable and you do have people who are living their lives as the opposite gender, those kids are going to think that that's the cool thing to do, even if they don't feel that way. Now, if you have one of those kids that's, over impressionable and they decide that they're going to go get their penis tucked in and now what you know what i mean you can't reverse that stuff so they gotta they're they're rushing to these conclusions and they're taking rights away from parents and we're 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 halfway down the slippery slope already yeah you know did you see the uh health secretary that's her title right get interviewed by uh uh, paul rand paul dude he crushed her and she had zero answers yeah and yeah. he's asking her about studies, and she's talking about, oh, my office will get back to you. And then they go ahead and pass it anyways. Yep. And it, it blows my mind, right? Um, like I said, if they're going to live their lives as the opposite sex, that's fine. But let them get to the age and the development to make those decisions consciously. As an adult. Yeah, as an adult. When you're an adult, you can make your own decisions. Exactly. When I'm, you know, I've made many decisions since I became an adult, you know, yep. on my own. and. And probably have made my mom roll over in her grave, even though she's not in her grave yet. She she hates some of my decisions that I've made in my life, and that's fine because I'm a grown ass man and I I live with my my yeah. decisions. So when they're an adult and they're on their own and they're supporting themselves and they want to experience or go down that path, absolutely. Yeah. But you you can't tell me that we can going to take away parents' right to parent their kids. It's insane. My problem also is the ones that force it on them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think we've talked about the baby whose mom's like, my baby's gay. No, he's not gay. Mm. Your baby's fucking two months old. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's and, and, and it's shit like that. Like, But I think that's also another mental health issue. And I mean, and that we can go on and on with this, especially yeah. when you talk about, you know, the whole white savior movement and, and people who are who are basically claiming that they're they're. Sorry, they're sorry to be white. You know what I mean? Which doesn't make any sense to me, dude. And and this is just a fact. Most of these Black Lives Matter movements that you see on social media or that you see that are trying to cancel people and shit like that, it's all from like white apologists. You know what I mean? Well, and, that's and that's the culture that they're trying to breed in, it, in the it, school system. I hate it so much, right? Because mm-hmm. they should be proud. Uh, here, here's the best way to tell if something's racist. Okay, all you have to do is switch whatever it's whatever they're talking about. Insert black into that, right? So, like, you listen to podcasts. There's this commercial on for the for the unapologetically black podcast, right? Now, what if someone had an unapology unapologetically white podcast, right? If that makes you feel uneasy, the other one should too. Yeah. I agree. And, and so I apply that. It's simple logic. Yeah. I apply that logic to everything. 
So when people are talking about this is racist and that is racist, just flip flop it. And if you feel uncomfortable saying the opposite, then you should feel uncomfortable saying the one you just said. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, let's get into this bitch. Oh, my goodness. Is there a more hated person? Oh, man. I don't think so. Not recently, at least. I just know when this was going on, she she was convicted in the trial of or the court of the media. Mm-hmm. Oh, instantly. Instantly. You know, everyone was hating on this person, mm-hmm. you know, and I find it hard. I was disgusted. The, the more and more <laughs> I dug into stuff and le- oh, listened man. to things, I was like getting more and more upset because as a parent, there's a certain things that you just wouldn't never do. Yeah. And it just you think it's common sense, but I guess not. It's, and maybe I'm being a little judgmental, but we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. Casey Anthony, mother of Kaylee Marie Anthony. She was born on August 9, 2005. And this is where sh- shit already got weird before she even had the baby, right? So during her pregnancy, she was already denying her pregnancy to family members. She kept saying she wasn't pregnant, she wasn't pregnant. And then boom. Here comes the baby. She well, her parents were saying at weddings that she wasn't pregnant either. Yeah, and that Casey's just overweight, or yeah, you know, she's she's seven months pregnant on now. at a yeah, she's seven months pregnant at a family member's wedding, and her aunt comes up to her and is like, "Don't you have something to tell me about Casey?" And they're like, "No, nothing, no, no." And and we'll, we'll get to it later down the line, but I think her parents were complicit in a lot of her lies. Um, Leading up to and through this whole case, um, nobody even knows who Kaylee's dad is. Not not a hundred percent. Not a hundred percent. I think that she knows, but there's even rumors that her dad was the father. Yeah, I know they t- tested uh, her brother. Yeah, and that came back negative. Yeah, and uh, she was engaged at the time. He is not the father. They found that out through, you know, this whole process. And then the strange thing is that she claimed that there was like three other guys that could be the father, but they're all dead. Yeah. They well, all died in car accidents. I knew the the one. I, I didn't know the other two had uh, died of car accidents. I, I thought the one that she basically said that this is the guy that is the father. Uh, he did die of a car accident. Like uh, weeks before she was arrested. Correct. <laughs> and there, but in another state, though. Yeah. See, and it, it's just weird because it's there's like – when, when you tell someone, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I've kissed a girl before. You don't know her. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that. And then so when you're saying like, oh, yeah, that's her dad. Well, he's dead and he died in a different state. And, and you know, she yeah. just keeps piling shit on. It becomes less and less true. I just want to start. I mean, I don't know if this person, Miss Anthony, has ever said anything that's truthful. It's It's hard. And we'll get into it. Okay. Uh, Even before this, she lied about graduating high school. Yeah. She told her parents that she was going to graduate. She wasn't going to graduate. She got her cap and gown. She was there at the graduation. And she knew her name. She knew that they weren't going to hand her a diploma. So at the last minute, she's like, ah, gotcha. I'm not graduating. And it just feeds into the rest of the bullshit you're going to hear from her throughout the case. So let's see. Uh, June 16th, 2008, there's some sort of argument 
at the Anthony household. She lives with her parents. Um, the next thing you know, she, according to them, dries off with Kaylee. Yep. She takes off. Um, and this date is very important because later on she claims that Kaylee came up missing on the 9th, which isn't true. Um, and we know that and we'll get into that, but she takes off in the family car, which I'm assuming is just a car that her parents have that is free for anyone to drive. It's registered to her mom and dad, not to uh, Casey. Yeah. And that she is the primary user of that vehicle. Yeah. It's a sweet ass Pontiac Sunfire. If anybody's mm-hmm. wondering. I tried to find the year because there's a few things that her mom says during uh, testimony during the trial um, that I was trying to fact check. But yeah, I had the hardest time. All you could find was Pontiac Sunfire. I couldn't find the year. Yeah, um, and because the year would have been important uh, against some of the mother's claims, at least. Um, but she drives off because there was some sort of family argument, and she refuses to speak to her parents. The argument may have gotten physical too. I believe. I believe that this was when everything happened. In my opinion, yeah, I think that this is when everything took place. I think that this was uh, around the time. Uh, at least within a 24-hour period of when Kaylee lost her life. Um, but we'll get into that once we get to, to the off the fence. I mean, I think we all agree that she did it, but there's just some other points to discuss yeah. uh, later on. So, yeah, they never they never s- said exactly what the argument was. It was just they had an argument. She left. They called her. She wouldn't answer her phone. Uh, when she finally would answer her phone, she refused to come back to the house. Yeah. Um, and she basically didn't see her parents for over a month. Um, they were asking her to see Kaylee they constantly, and she was just dodging them. You know, uh, she's sleeping, shit like that. Yeah. So July 16th, basically her, her mom is the one that reports Kaylee missing. Um, on the 15th of July and there's no, they, they get a notice basically saying that her car is in an impound lot. She abandoned the Sunfire in a parking lot of a, of a business in Orlando and it sat there for some time to the point where the business had the car towed. The car went to an impound lot. It sat there for some time. Um, so this car has been sitting idle for about 30 days. So she, her dad gets the notice. They go down to pick up the car. Once they get in the car, her dad is quoted as saying, it smells like there's a dead body in here. Because her mom said that on a recording to the sheriffs. Yeah, yeah, because they called. Uh, throughout the time that all this is happening, they're trying to figure out where Kaylee is. Correct. And so they go pick up the car. They realize that it smells like something rotting inside. Yeah. They assume that it was a bag of trash in the trunk. Correct. They remove the bag of trash. Who knows what was in that? Yeah. It could have been evidence. Absolutely. Um, and and I, I wish that they didn't get rid of it, but there's a lot of strange shit that they do throughout this whole thing. Yeah. So they get rid of the trash thinking that that's the source of the smell. And well, it turns out that it wasn't. Um, so both the parents kind of admit that there's... A stench of decomposition in the car. Correct. Uh, Casey's answer to why the um, car was in the parking lot to begin with was because it ran out of gas. So she had 30 days to put some gas in it and apparently couldn't find a gas station. So 
Um, her mom reports Kaylee missing at that point. On the 16th of July is when Casey gets interviewed by investigators, and this is where shit gets insane. Yeah. It needs to be noted, too, that if you listen to the 911 call, mm-hmm. her Casey's mom is distraught. Yeah. Distraught over the missing uh, uh, Kaylee. Yeah. She's like, I finally got my found my daughter. I haven't seen her in a month. And my granddaughter is missing and has been missing for 30 days. We don't know where she's at. And she says, and her car smelled, her damn car or her car smells of death, you know, clear as day. Yeah. Like there's something going on. Yeah. There's, and she, there was panic and worry and, uh, Casey's mother's voice. Cindy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. She's definitely um, worried about her grand. Her granddaughter basically grew up in their house. You know, they live with uh, Casey's parents, so they're around all the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not sure what Casey thought was going to happen. Like this was just going to blow over, but people started asking questions. So when they ask her, she says that she dropped off Kaylee. Uh, June 9th, and this is where the date discrepancy comes in, because we know for a fact that her parents claim to have seen Kaylee with Casey on June 16th. She says, Casey says that she dropped off uh, Kaylee with a nanny named Zenadia Fernandez Gonzalez, or Zanny the Nanny, as everybody called it. Zanny the Nanny. Remember, um, (laughs) what was her name? Nancy Grace, top mom. He's always calling her top mom. And Zanny the nanny. So she says she dropped off Kaylee with Zanny the nanny. And Zanny the nanny took off with her. And that she's been trying to find Zanny the nanny. She was doing her own investigation. Her own investigation, which is going to be hilarious at the end of this episode. So keep that in mind. So she's doing her own investigation. Um, she takes the police, the investigators over to this apartment where she dropped them off. The apartment's vacant and she's kind of like, Oh, maybe she moved away. She didn't fucking move away. It had been vacant for a long time for a long time. Nobody's lived there. Um, there's, she doesn't know anybody by this name. Um, but there is a real woman with the name of Zenaida Gonzalez. And she ends up uh, actually filing a defamation lawsuit against Casey Anthony at one point. She loses it. Yeah. But, you know, I I mean, I think she probably could have been awarded something. But let's face it, uh, Casey Anthony was broke as fuck. Yeah, she didn't even have a job. No, she's lying about having a job. Yeah, exactly. Which brings us to the next point. Because after they go to this crazy witch hunt trying to find Zanny the nanny... She goes, well, maybe let's go check my work. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. Well, she says she works at um, at uh, Universal Studios in Orlando. She, so they spend like the whole day basically just walking around and she's trying to explain what her job duties are. She's trying to explain where she works in the park. And then they, they tell her like, well, let's go to the office. And so she's like, oh, well, you got to put in my employee pin and. It's not working and nobody can help them because nobody knows who the fuck she is. And it turns out she finally she comes clean and she says, OK, I don't work here. I used to work here years ago. 
Um, and apparently one of the guys that died in a car crash who may or may not be Kaylee's father, that's where she met him and she was having an affair with him before he died. Yeah. So another fucking bullshit lie, right? Yeah. And she has no problem lying, apparently, about anything. And she she just doesn't care. So the, the, the weird thing is, is her daughter, she claims, comes up missing on the 9th. Runs off. She never calls the police and makes a police report about it. And she just moves on with life. And throughout the time that her daughter's missing, she's been photographed out partying, out at clubs, at raves and shit. Just having the fucking time of her life. Uh, Meanwhile, her daughter is MIA, right? And the cops are starting to realize maybe this isn't just a missing child case. Because there's nothing. that You got stench of decomposition in her car. And you got her trying to figure out a story where her kid's been. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add on yeah, it's Zany just, the Nanny. The Zany the Nanny thing, I know that there allegedly there's a, a 11 Zany the Nannies, that possible Zany the Nannies in that area. They only investigated one. Mm-hmm. Um, the police only found one or, or only talked to one. But I think what their whole fo- focus changed was to trying to prove that Casey had something to do with this. Mm-hmm. Then when they started stacking the chips and they saw that all the lies were leaning one way towards Casey, they were like, we got to follow up on Casey. Yeah. And we were going to cut off the investigation and trying to find this missing nanny because they, everything else turned out to be such bullshit yeah. that they were like, well, we're not going to focus on these other people. We need to focus on her because she is the one common denominator with this missing puzzle piece of of Kaylee missing is is her and her lies and why she can't come up with any kind of story of of telling why a child is missing and you know god forbid you ever go through a child missing it's the worst feeling that you can possibly experience as a parent is is the dread of losing a child even if you think you lost your kid (laughs) <laughs> the, the agony that goes through your mind as a parent, and I'm I'm, I'm speaking for myself now um, because I'm, I can't speak for everybody, but you know, I would I felt like you ever been in like a punk patch where you lose track of one oh, of them. Yeah, yeah, you got you got like a dozen kids. I have oh, a dozen dude. kids. And I got three you know young boys at one point, and they were all mischievous and running around, and their heads cut off, and you know you got one and two, and then where's the third? Yep. and you're like, oh, that panic. That oh hits you God. in the pit of your stomach. That just is dread. And she didn't report a child missing for dude. Get the fuck out of thirty here. something days. Come on, yeah. you know. And, I, and she's out partying. And her demeanor throughout this whole thing was very carefree. You know, not sad. And and just her body language in general, right? Because I remember them talking about on the news too how she very rarely would say her daughter's name. She would never even bring her up in the, the meetings. Yeah. All the, so in Florida, they have this thing where um, they can release all the interviews mm-hmm. of people that are being, uh, having contacts at jails. It's like a, a non-privacy act. It's, it's open to the public. Anyone can yeah. get a hold of it. So the, the media was taking the clips and they were watching them and you could, there's never once, she never says her name, her, yeah. her, parents or her brother or someone else would bring up your daughter or your, you know, Kaylee, she wouldn't say anything. She, she, she didn't she would refer to her by my baby. Yeah. She would never, um, 
her emotions were never upset or like my missing child. Oh my gosh, I can't, we got to find her. It was more upset about, Hey, I'm being, what about me? Yeah. I'm being incarcerated. I'm in jail. I'm in jail. Yeah. So yeah, just shady. Yeah. Yeah. So after all that bullshit, um, Casey Anthony ends up getting arrested. Uh, originally, you know, when they arrest her, they, they charge her with basically lying to investigators and, uh, obstruction, uh, July 22nd, 2008, they have a bond hearing. And at the bond hearing, this is when they start releasing evidence. Um, the prosecution does about things that they found. They, they let the public know that a cadaver dog had hit on the backyard at the Anthony's house and on the trunk of the car, obviously. Um, and that, Basically, Cindy, the mom, the parents, they have no idea who Nanny, who Nan, Zanny the nanny is. And they confirm that we've never heard of her either. She's never, she doesn't go to the nanny, you know. Kaylee doesn't fucking work. So basically, she's with her all the time. Um, so after that, they start to kind of put things together, right? They're, they're starting to realize, like the judge especially... Because during this bond hearing, this is when he's going to make the decision. She can go or $10,000 or whatever, right? And the judge is convinced by the evidence that he hears enough so that he slaps a half a million dollar bail on her. A big bail. Big bail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's the strange part about this. Uh, there's a bounty hunter here in California, uh, Leonard Padilla. He ends up paying her bail. He goes out to Florida, pays her bail. And he tells her, or he tells the media, I'm, I'm want her free because I think that she's going to lead me to Casey's body, which uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, this kind of hopeful thinking, right? Especially for half a million dollars. I'm not willing to make that bet. That's a large investment that I'm not willing to do. Super large investment. Um, and then after that, <laughs> a week later, I think nine days after that, she ends up getting arrested again while she's out on bail. And she gets arrested for basically check fraud. She was stealing checks and cashing checks. Um, So they rescind her bail. And Padilla goes to the house like, hey, what the fuck? They refuse to talk to her. Because I remember this was media circus, dude. After her bail got rescinded, they fucking flooded her parents' house. People were there yelling, screaming, chanting. And uh, he showed up to go and interview the family, and they were like, "No, get the fuck out of here. We don't want to talk to you." So he's like, "Well, I tried." Which, was, first of all, it was just weird to begin with. Like, yeah, why, why the fuck would this guy go put up half a million dollar bail on her? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No. Um, so October fourteenth, two thousand eight, Casey is officially charged with first degree murder, amongst other charges such as manslaughter, abuse, and false information. Um. Everybody's pretty much like Chris said earlier. You know, this is she's already been convicted in the public court of public opinion. Uh, it, it didn't help that she had just like just a horrible demeanor on the videos and yeah. all the stuff that they were hearing. She didn't. She never looked like the remorse, uh, like a, a mother that had lost a child. Yeah, a mourning, a, a mourning mother. Like I gotta find my baby. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. She never had a story that could back up anything. It was just you know it was fucking weird. It, it, like you see the interviews with her where she's uh, talking to her brother in, in jail. Her brother comes to visit her. I didn't see all of them. Okay. So there's one 
where basically he's telling her like you need to tell me what happened but not don't say anything you need to write it to me because if you talk they're gonna hear you so write it to me in a letter that way they can't say oh this is what you said so i mean if you're in a jail your mail gets monitored but let's face it she's not like some fucking colombian kingpin so they're not going to read her mail. Per she se. can also, I think they're the the specific way that they have to do it is write the letter and present it to their lawyer, mm. and that way it's the uh, lawyer can give it to the family. Correct. Yeah. I think that's the way that that what was going down because, and I, it felt like they're trying to pull the information out of yeah. her about what had happened. I think her mother had kind of hemmed and hawed about it too. Yeah, there's a phone call I think with her mom, and she's kind of just tell me what happened, tell me yeah. where she is. Um, but her brother, and it was just, I mean, maybe her brother was doing it for, for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. It just came off as really strange when he was like, but don't say it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, of course, cause they were going through the, for the death penalty at, at, at this point. So yeah. of course he's probably at least trying to save his sister's life. Yeah. But, um, once, once they get into the trial, the family is just completely shattered with all kinds of different allegations. Um, but it was a while before the trial even started. Yeah. Uh, so December 20th, 2008, they end up finding little Kaylee's remains, um, less than half a mile behind the parents' house in a wooded area. Yeah. It was pretty close. Yeah. It was super close. And, uh, you know, so she goes missing in the middle of July or middle of June. And they don't find her until almost Christmas time. Six months almost. Six months. So yeah. uh, the way she was found was by good old meter maid named Kronk. Very <laughs> fucking caveman name for this guy. And he, this is this is super strange. There's so much weird shit with this case. And a lot of it, you know, especially when you're part of the conspiracy mind like we are, we're kind of like... What the fuck is going on here? But yeah. I personally, I don't think that Kronk had anything to do with the situation. Not, um, not from what I've heard and everything that I have seen about him. I think he's just a straight shooter. I think yeah. there was, I think there was some monetary. Um, oh yeah, for sure. He's trying to rake in some dough. Gonna, yeah, he thought he was going to get paid for it. So this guy, he's a meter reader, right? And he pops out to go take a piss in the woods. Now, he says he saw the remains as early as August 11th. He did report it then, and too. He, so, so, he, so first, before he calls the police, he call, he tells some coworkers of his, hey, guys, that looks strange over there. We should go check that out. Well, they get caught up on a dead snake instead, and they're fucking playing with this dead snake, and he takes some pictures or whatever. Well, apparently, the, the image of whatever he had seen stuck with him. Now, we don't know exactly how many times he'd been back to that location, but we know for a fact that he went back on the 20th. Yep. He goes back on the 20th, um, or actually, let me back up, because uh, like you said, he did report it. He did. He called the police. The fucking guy comes out, and he's already huffing and puffing because he's, I don't know if it was just a lazy day for the cop or what, but... Late in the day. Late in the day. Bad towards call. Towards the end of his shift, yeah. you know, fucking hungry. Maybe he's got poop. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes out and, and, and this could have just been crunk. Maybe he didn't have the location, right? Yeah. Right? Maybe he got mixed up in the trees. 
He says, oh, it's over here. The cop's looking for it. The cop ends up falling down, and the cop ends up lighting him up. Like, yeah. this is bullshit. I'm wasting my time. Out here, wasting my fucking time. Yeah. I didn't um, find shit. Didn't find shit. So he leaves. Yeah. So pissed cop, off. Yeah, pissed off, right? Which, I mean, that cop probably really did think he was out there wasting his time, and, and you know what I mean? But when you say, hey, I think I saw some remains, like, should be taken a little more serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... He ends up coming back on the 20th. He goes over to what he thought were remains. And it turns out he's right. He little fucking skull rolls out of the the, the sack that it was in. Um, and there's duct tape around the nose and the mouth area and other parts of the head. Um, basically, it's just skeletal remains. Yeah, so you got to note that there's no tissue left on the body whatsoever, and it has been pillaged by animals, and some of the bones are missing and spread out. And that the main note is that there is the jawbone is still connected to the top of the skull. And if you know how it works, I mean, there's nothing but tissue that holds yeah. the jaw bones. So when that's gone and deteriorated and eaten away, the bone, the jaw bone should be off the yeah. skull, the top of the skull. It's secured completely with duct tape. Yeah. And that's what kind of leads them forensically for the yeah. coroner to determine, yeah, this is a, a homicide. Yeah, exactly. Be- <laughs> this is not normal. This is one natural, natural cause type death with duct tape around your face. There's a child, child's body, mm-hmm. skeleton size. So that's not normal. Yeah. There's duct tape around the mouth and then it's kept in a, ba- a bag. Yeah. So those are the things that are leading people uh, to, to point to a homicide. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And but it's so far deteriorated at this point that there can't even be a, an autopsy done, right? So they can't check to see if there was um, any sexual activity. They can't check to see if there's any drugs in her stomach. Um, they can't check to see if there's any flesh wounds. Obviously, if there was blunt force trauma um, or or damage to the damage to the say chest. like a, a, a rib if you got stabbed rib, yeah. so, you know something there if there was any obvious signs of bone damage exactly but you know then again these it's been out there for six months being exposed to uh, animals and anything else out in that area mm-hmm. so there could be stuff that's you know could be misinterpreted so yeah. but they did have a couple experts come out and look they at did. Um, if I feel like if it was buried they probably would have had a better shot at preserving yeah. Um, at least some of the tissue, uh, which would have been a better indication of maybe what happened. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, they didn't get that far along. So it's hard to say if she her, her mouth was taped up before she died um, or after she died. Um, and, but, I mean, it wouldn't really make any sense to tape up her mouth after she died, right? Um which it's it's sad. We'll get into what we think actually happened uh, when we get towards the end of this. So <clears throat> the meter reader, well, he ends up coming under fire like during the trial. Yeah. They basically say he's the one that killed Hay- uh, Kaylee. He's the one that dumped her there. Uh, if he knew that she was there since the 11th, why didn't he say anything? Um, why didn't he say anything to the family? You know, this little girl's picture has been plastered all over the TV, and just now, all of a sudden, he's coming forward and saying, um, like we said earlier, I think he did think he was going to get paid out for this, uh, because apparently there was a phone call he had made to his son saying he was going to be rich and famous because he found Kaylee. Yeah. Um, 
clearly that backfired. He got so, paid five grand. He got paid five grand, yeah. Um, and I think he, he somewhere I read that <laughs> the picture of the snake he he published. He got paid for that too. Oh, <laughs> so, all right. Cronk's making out, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that poor guy. Yeah, I think he did his due diligence. I think he reported to the authorities, and I think they got overlooked and missed. Mm-hmm. And they, like you said, sure. he could have walked into a different section and pointed the guy in the right, wrong yeah. direction. And you know, I think then he came back. He's like, "Well, I'm going to find out what is going on." And I think on the his second time that he went out and found it, I think he did some research mm-hmm. and figured it out. Oh yeah, this is probably Kaylee. Yeah, it's not an animal. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a person. So. Yeah. Um, January 23rd, George, uh, Casey's father, he ends up trying to commit suicide. He leaves behind a five-page suicide letter. He had some stuff to get off his chest. Had some stuff to get off his chest. Don't know what was in the letter, but um, he basically took a bunch of pills, about a whole bottle of of some painkillers, I believe, and uh, chased it down with some liquor. The note did – I I heard in some of the research that I did and listened to that he had – the note didn't implicate that he had anything to – of any knowledge of what happened Mm. to Kaylee. It wasn't like he was confessing like, oh, I was – you know, we were trying to cover up and I, yeah, yeah. or something like that. No, it was like, I bought a gun. I was going to go and go after their Kaylee's friends. Cause they got to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to go scare them. There's nothing else that, you know, other than violence is going to shake these people up. They know what had happened. And now we're all suffering the consequences yeah. of, of losing Kaylee and, you know, yada, yada, yada. I should have taken some of the pills. I sound stupid. I you know, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. So. so basically they take them in for evaluation and, they have them, you know, they say in custody, but I'm sure it was more of a like mental health type hold. He says that basically what drove him to that point was them finding Kaylee's remains and he just didn't want to be alive anymore. Well, I mean, which is understandable. I mean, he works in law enforcement himself. Um, so if, if this was something, I mean, there are some stupid criminals out there. So if this was something that he thought maybe that he was going to get away with because he worked in law enforcement... Um, or what, but I don't know. We'll talk about our feelings about old George towards the end here. Yeah. Um, so the trial finally starts. It's 2011 when the fucking trial finally starts. The original judge recused himself apparently for some comments he made about some blogger, um, which I don't believe that the comments he made were, you know, offensive enough for him to have to recuse himself, but Maybe he just didn't want to be that type of judge. You know, he didn't want to be Judge Ito. Didn't Baez bring it up, though? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Jose Baez, that bastard. You guys might remember him from fucking Aaron Hernandez's episode. So Baez is, he's a headhunter, dude. He's he's slick. Yeah. And he's snake. He, uh... He brings his A game all the time and anything that any shade that he can cast on anything, he's going to do that. And that's where it started with the judge to to get any kind of doubt in there. And then, you know, he does some, he throws some shade on old George boy coming up. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right off the bat in the opening testimonies, as a matter of fact, he says that um, George Anthony molested Casey Anthony and that's the reason this this trial you're going to see why Casey made the decisions that she made throughout the investigation 
why she was bullshitting investigators and the reason being because her dad had molested her um, throughout her childhood and into her teenage years. And she lives a life of lying and hiding yeah, things yeah. because she's had to lie and hide this event, these events while she was growing up about being molested, not only by George, but also by her brother. By her brother yeah. So, you know, that's his justification of her lying about Kaylee going missing, you know, lying about work, yeah. showing up at a party. You know, that's his cover for yeah. her. And the, the only, I guess you could call it evidence of any of this ever happening was... There were people who were claiming that um, Kaylee or Casey's exes or ex-boyfriends, she would confide in them and say, my dad used to molest me. Um, So these exes knew. But half of these exes were dead in car crashes, right? So... Hey, what is up, Truth Hooligans? I want to tell you about our good friends over at Cushy Dreams. That's right, Cushy Dreams offers a full lineup of premium smokable CBD. They specialize in extraordinary CBD-rich hemp flour in cans and pre-rolled CBD joints. Listen, smoking crack is bad for you, okay? Smoke something that's good for you. That's at Cushy Dreams. It's legal in all 50 states, ships directly to your door, and you can enjoy all the health benefits of CBD without getting you high that's right under 0.3 grams of thc their product is 100 hand trimmed and grown right here in the good old us of a baby that's right a suck it a china okay each batch is slowly cured for two to four weeks to guarantee maximum freshness and to preserve the flavor of the cannabinoids so you know you're getting the best join the men and women who are sick of vapes and gummies and want to smoke their cbd Cushy Dreams smokable CBD looks, feels, and tastes like high-quality marijuana and is independently lab-tested to show compliance and purity. All of their results are posted on their website on each vial that is shipped to you. Each joint or tin you order comes in a specific indica sativa blend like Energy, Hustle, Relax, and many, many more. My personal favorite is Relax. Listen, after a crazy 2020 already get into a crazy 2021 and after a 10-hour workday i just want to relax and smoke me some cbd to really let my mind just kind of soothe on for the rest of the day if you know what i mean so head on over to cushydreams.com and use the special promo code wbc to get you 20 percent off your first order that's right cushy dreams k-u-s-h-y dreams.com and use special promo code w bc to get you 20 percent off your first order smoke your cbd and welcome to the nebuchadnezzar i mean if you were really trying to prove that then or, or i mean even right from the get-go what's the point about you lying making up the name of a nanny what's the point about you saying that you worked at uh at universal studios none of that makes any sense right if that was the case say hey listen because he basically what Baez tries to do throughout the trial is say that he molested Casey Anthony and now he he began to molest Kaylee Anthony. Yeah. Uh, also, the we need to note too, before this all came out, Casey's defense was basically that my daughter was taken. Yeah. My daughter was taken and I was threatened that if I incorporated anybody else that um, you know, people are going to get hurt and die. And, you know, and she had this whole elaborate, um, uh, 
lies that were people were contacting her through her MySpace and oh, doing yeah, yeah. doing all this stuff. You know, even while she was in jail, like another inmate contacted her and <coughs> gave her a clue of something. This and she actually brought this up to Baez, and Baez like, yeah, we gotta you gotta get out of jail so that we can exactly. come up with a good defense. Yeah, she for wanted you. she wanted to stay in to keep getting clues and shit. Yeah, so She's she weird. she is <laughs> mentally not. I don't. I don't know if I want to call her crazy. She's unstable. She's something's wrong with this. Least, she's broken. She's yeah, for sure. And you could see it in her eyes. She just looks lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was 22 when she had Kaylee, um, and she. I think she was just an unprepared mother. You know, she tried to hide the pregnancy already. It wasn't something she was super overjoyous with. So, um, but so prosecution's going back and forth with uh, with the uh, defense. And prosecution, uh, well, Baez also says that George, uh, they have a pool. He says that George may have come across uh, Kaylee after she had drowned in the pool accidentally. That was, yeah. And that they tried to cover it up. Yeah. Um, That was the big, I I remember that specifically on the news was that, Oh, pool safety. Uh, you know, she she drowned in the pool. She was known to open the door and wander out to the pool on her own. Um, we don't know how true that is, but like I said, there was no way to tell if she died um, from drowning through an autopsy or anything like Correct. that. Correct. There's no way they go back and test the lung if there's water, you know, if you know, in, in or out. It just, there's no forensically solid evidence pointing to a cause of death or, you know, a mishap. She, yeah. she fell and busted her head and Casey freaked out and didn't know what to do and whatever. There's nothing, there's no evidence. Yeah. There's no hard evidence, which yeah. makes this case very difficult for the prosecution. Yeah. Hey, Cause you know, they say it's always hard to prosecute when you don't have a body. Well, they have a body, Yeah. but they need a motive, right? Yeah. Um, and, and now there's all this infighting within the family. So at some point in time, somebody, which was more than likely Casey Anthony at the Anthony household, um, was making some strange search engine requests. Yeah. Chloroform, um, uh, head injuries, ruptured spleen. How to get, um, how to, a foolproof suffocation. Foolproof suffocation, internal bleeding, chest injuries. You say chloroform? Chloroform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, so when they bring that up, right, because all of these searches were actually conducted during the normal working hours of her parents. So that would leave you to believe that the only person left at home, which obviously Kaylee Anthony's not searching this shit up, it had to be Casey Anthony. Um, and her mom claims that she was the one searching for chloroform, which is probably bullshit because it was done while she was at work. Yeah. So... You know, she's sticking up for her daughter, trying to... One thing to note about the searches, too, and this comes out late in the in the game after they're already deliberating. The guy that ran the tests on the search engines, because some of these are all deleted out of the history, yeah. and, and he had wrote an algorithm to be able to pull these this information from the computer. Um, it did come back later that they said it was 84 times yeah, that this claimed- was... Claimed it was 84 searches for chloroform. But the chloroform was only searched one time. Mm-hmm. 
So that that's to note. And they didn't tell the jury this because if the jury had come back to and deliberated that this was guilty and then that information came out and that was one of the, that could be a mistrial. Yeah. So they didn't inform anybody of this. Yeah. So they, they came to their verdict without that extra information that the searches were wrong. Yeah. However, all the other stuff was searched like Mr. Boy said. So. Yeah. So it's super strange. Right. And then, um, you know, they presented the evidence within the trunk of the car. Um, there's certain tests that they could do uh, atmospherically within that space. Um, they found basically high levels of chloroform because your body naturally releases that when you're decomposing. And there was also hair, mm-hmm. decomposed hair that matched. Hair that was dead. Hair that was dead. Correct. That so the, the body had died and it can tell by the strand exactly. that it's no longer living. Yeah. Like it wasn't from a living. Yeah. It wasn't snapped off her head while yeah. she was alive. Um, and they compared that to hair from Kaylee's brush. So they knew that that was her hair. There was also a large stain in the trunk. Um, Cindy, again, she says that that stain was in the car eight years prior is when they bought the car. And that stain was in the car the day that they bought it. Yeah. That's the reason I was trying to find the year. The, yeah. the model year of the car because I wanted to see if they bought it new, yeah, or if they bought it used. Yeah, that'd be a good um, reason, good good deduction. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't find any of that information though. And she also recanted her statement about the smell of death. Yes, her her Cindy and George both said um, that it was just rotten food. Yeah, and they covered it up by saying, "Have you ever smelled food that's been in a car for thirty days in Florida?" Um, no, I haven't. But death it's is, is a very distinct odor. Interestingly enough, though, the tow truck driver that picked the car up, mm-hmm. he said, here's how many cars that I've been called to pick up that have had dead bodies in them. Yeah. And it was like 18 or something. Yeah. And he said, I know that smell. And that's what I smelled. Yeah. Um, so I, who do you want to believe? The guy who's routinely smelled dead bodies over and over again? Or Cindy, who I think is pretty much just been in the dark um, with some of the info and none of that shit is making, making any sense as someone that smelled multiple dead bodies. Yeah. There's only one smell of a dead body. Exactly. Just FYI for all you listeners out there. Yeah. Mr. Chris has smelled a a dead body. I did a Biden sniff. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Side note. (laughs) I've always been really composed on all my scenes. Like I've, prided myself on this I'm not puking yeah and there was one time that I started dry heaving on Steve and I don't know if you guys have ever started dry heaving but once you start dry heaving it stops you just you keep going and going and everyone's looking at me like Chris what's going on I'm like I was like trying so hard I gotta go outside I just need to get away for a second I'm gonna start I need to start carrying some Vicks with me so I can throw some Vicks on my nose when we're doing some some bad scenes man yeah yeah that's fucking gross oh and uh you you know who you are and i know you don't listen to the show yet but what you did to me was wrong you he what you did to me was wrong this week and what i had to experience by transporting a a nice person to a safe location 
I I got out of the car and he looked at me and I started. This happened just this last week. I had to give a, a nice person a ride. He was apparently um, not living anywhere and was walking around uh, somewhere he shouldn't be walking. Uh, it was very unsafe, so I transported him to a safe location. And it was so bad. It, it was so ripe and so bad that. I got out of the car and I'm dry heaving and I'm trying to be composed and I'm dry heaving and my buddy who doesn't have the capability of transporting people <laughs> off the car or because he's on a uh, maybe a, a two-wheel device instead of a four-wheel device. <laughs> so I, being a four-wheel device guy, had to give this guy a, a ride off the freeway and the smell uh, was of death even though he was alive. Uh, it was that bad almost. And I was gagging and driving and I just looked at him and he goes, are you okay? And I'm like, nope, I need a minute. Okay, back to the story. Sorry. Ah, that's so gross. That's so gross. Yeah, a buddy of mine, after he uh, he joined joined the police force and he had taken a, um, a transient person, a resident of a soft-sided structure. What we call that... Dude, um, uh, there's a, there's a, someone says something really funny earlier that I read. Um... Hey, Truth Hooligans. Man, 2020 was a wild year. And if 2020 hasn't made you think about how unprepared you were, perhaps you need to stock up on some supplies and we'll help you be better prepared in the upcoming disaster for Mother Nature, enemies foreign or domestic. To check out our good friends over at PatriotSupply.com. Check out our good friends at MyPatriotSupply.com. My Patriot Supply is a trusted self-reliant supplier of all things survival and preparedness. Prepping isn't crazy. And being prepared isn't crazy. They offer a full lineup of storable foods, everything from short-term to long-term food storage, to the gluten-free options as well as water and air purification systems. So head on over to our website and click on the affiliates page. Check out MyPatriotSupply.com with a direct link to all your preparedness supplies. Be a truth hooligan and join the millions of Americans who have taken safety of their families and readiness to the next level by staying a step ahead of the disasters at MyPatriotSupply.com. So head over to our website, WBConspiracies.com. Click on that special link under the affiliates page and get prepared today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Something about home home challenged or <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll find it. I'll text it to us. The group. Challenged. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he, he said he, take, he took him in and the, the deputies are getting ready to book him, right? So they're getting him fucking stripped down, check his fucking balloon knot, make sure there's no shivs, anything in his, in his, his prison wallet, stuff like that. And his socks were basically just glued to his feet. Mm-hmm. No, no. When the last time this dude took his fucking socks off, yeah. he's peeling the socks off and the skin is coming with it. Oh, he's... Mm. Yeah. So anyhow, okay. Back to, mm. back to Casey Anthony. All right. This crazy so, bitch. July 5th, 2011. The jury goes in for 11 hours. Um, seven women, five men. And they come back with a not guilty verdict for murder one. They end up finding her guilty of obstruction, lying to investigators. They end up giving her four years um, time served. So it was like a little over, I say almost four years that she had served total. Yeah. Um, And then made her pay a $4,000 fine. Um, That was it. She fucking leaves jail on the 17th or this was July 5th sorry I think I said June 5th uh, she ends up leaving the 17th of July and that was that 
It was, it was, she went like underground basically after that. She had to, uh, the, after the verdict, I mean, the, the protests that were outside her house and the death threats were just astronomical. Yeah. People were looking for her. Um, and it's, we need to note this too. The jurors that the foreman, when he said, when I had to write the not guilty verdict onto the, the paperwork, we were beside ourselves. I, I don't understand. But, that. but he said he he said there's just not there was not enough evidence from the prosecution to lead them to believe down the the path that they had said of, of the case that they presented. They said it was more believable what Baez had said about you know some kind of wrongful death. There wasn't accidental death. Yeah, correct. There wasn't a reasonable. There wasn't an. an there wasn't a, beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. There was there wasn't a hundred percent for sure that Casey Anthony was responsible right. or planned the first degree murder. Right, but there was also a manslaughter charge in there. I thought for sure that they would have hit her on the manslaughter charge just based on the fact that she left in the car. The car smelled like rot. Right, they know for a fact that there was a decomposing body in the trunk of that car, and then she abandons the car. So manslaughter is a lot easier to prove than Mm -hmm. murder one. And I agree without a doubt that uh, manslaughter should have stuck on her because as a parent, you're responsible for your child. And whatever she did after having – leaving that with her daughter, she's a responsible parent. Yeah. And now your daughter's missing and dead. You didn't do anything in 30-something days – to help the cause of finding your daughter, that's your fault. Yeah, she partied it up. Um, she didn't call to report the kid missing. Um, so, I mean, at the very least, it would have been manslaughter, yeah. uh, in, in my opinion. And I think that the jury might have overlooked that because they were so hung up on murder one. Correct. Right? So, I mean, you get charged with capital murder. That's that's the highlight, right? That's, yeah. that's what you're going to see on the marquee. Because this is a murder trial, and they were going for the death penalty. Um, But the fact that her kid was missing, she was the last one seen with the kid, according to witnesses, which were her parents. Um, You know, but on top of all of that, um, the claims of molestation. Now, listen, her dad is a sleazeball because throughout this, he was having an affair with one of the volunteers that was supposed to be helping. Allegedly having an affair. Allegedly. He claims that he went over to see old girl because she had a tumor and was going through cancer treatment. Um, I, I I call bullshit. Um, but there were also women prior to this allegedly, uh, and and throughout all of it. So it's it's it, you got to think though. Also, if the if the bias angle was kind of the truth, is old boy banging kids or is he banging adults? Now here's here's my opinion of George. I personally don't believe that he sexually assaulted his daughter at any point in time because there's zero evidence of it. Um, And now that's a very serious charge. It's a very serious accusation. Um, But I I don't think I don't think that that took place. Um, Reason being is that I think that it's hard to it's hard to say. 
but there's just no evidence, right? And and because I, what I was gonna say was I think that her brother would have said something, but she also said that her brother molested her also. So I think by pinning it on George and Lee, mm-hmm. it kind of took away from her brother saying, "No, that never happened," because it'd be easy to say, "Well, you were doing it too." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I if it, if something did happen. Cindy wouldn't man up and say anything. And and that's just based on the shit we've seen her pull throughout the trial. I don't think she has it in her. Um, But personally, I don't believe that George sexually molested Kaylee or uh, Casey at any point in time. And I think that basically what happened was she got pregnant. She didn't want to have the kid which we know because she was hiding the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and instead of being happy and excited about it, she felt like she was missing out, right? It's not like she was surrounded with other young women that had children. So she had no support from the friend side of it all. No. She had no job. She well, really had nothing going for her. Even all the character witnesses during the trial, all of her friends, all said, yeah, Casey lies. Mm-hmm. Casey steals. Mm-hmm. It's not that great of a person. <laughs> no. And that's that's the craziest part about it is when you have someone that lies simply about a fake nanny, a fake job, where she's been for the last 30 days, when the last time she saw her kid and all of this, she's lying about all of that. So are, how are we supposed to believe her about, you know, sexual molestation accusations against her brother and her dad? I can't believe that she has zero credibility at that point. Yeah. So I don't think that that happened at all. Um, I, I do think that the day they had this argument and she took off, I think that Casey or I think that Kaylee was either unconscious or dead at that point. Now, some people say that Zanny the nanny is basically code for Xanax. And there are people, even her dad said that she would dose Kaylee from time to time to get her to go to sleep. So that that way she could say, Kaylee's sleeping, I'm going out and take off. They wouldn't say what she would dose him with, but someone is fucking psycho as Casey she probably either had a prescription for or easy access to, considering she's a party girl, Xanax, um, and maybe gave her too much at one point, and they couldn't wake Kaylee up. And at that point in time, um, her parents were pissed that she did it again, dosed the fucking kid again, right? Kid won't wake up, and we're going to call the police if you don't figure this out, and maybe Casey said, I'll take her to the hospital or whatever loaded up the kid took off case Kaylee never woke up or or uh at that point in time maybe that's when Casey said fuck it if she never wakes up then I can party all I want I don't have a kid I don't have responsibility anymore I can just be free and duct tapes her up puts her in the trunk forgets about her and decides it would be easier for me to say that someone took her than it would be to say that she died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think she drowned. I know big country thinks that that might've been the the cause of death, but I don't think she drowned. Um, and I don't think that 
part of me thinks that they knew she wasn't going to wake up the parents, um, uh, George and Cindy. Cause I, I think they know what happened, but I don't think they know. I don't think they know what happened after Casey left with Kaylee. Right. So I think maybe she was unconscious when they left the house. Um, but I don't think they knew what took place after that. All right, so for me to get off, are we getting off the fence then? It yeah, sounds like we you yeah, got off the and then, fence. And then real quick, we'll talk about some other stuff about Baez after after this. Yeah, uh, just to sum it up. So you got to skedaddle. Here. Yeah, I got to skedaddle. Um, I truly believe that uh, Casey Anthony is responsible for the death of her child. Yeah, shitbag. Um, you're a shitbag. You're a horrible person, and you should. What's that? Someone said uh, if you if they have. Could have sex with any person. Oh, and yeah. Was that Dan you? Soder. Yeah. Dan Soder. <laughs> That's right. Casey Anthony. Yeah. Damn, it was fucking dropping bombs right there. Yeah, but. like if you had sex with one person, but they would die afterwards, Afterwards, like who would, who would it be? He said, Casey Anthony killed two birds with one stone. Yeah. So <laughs> I truly think that she, you know, something she did something to her daughter and, and then covered it up. I don't know if she got people to help her uh, get rid of the body in the woods. It's always a good idea to bury your dead child you know, half a mile away from your house. There's nothing like throwing shade on somebody else. But, you know, I, I don't, I, she's responsible. Even if she didn't murder her, she's responsible for the death of her, of, of Kaylee manslaughter and everything else. You take care of your kids. You don't, you don't, you don't, you protect them. Yeah. You think your parents had any idea? I think George did. I think, yeah. So this is what I think. I, I think I agree with big country. I think she drowned. Okay. And I think, uh, George and her, um, said he said I'll take care of it mm-hmm. because there is a, a point that there's like a 26 second phone call mm-hmm. um, during the mid time that they're missing. Yeah, it was from him to her, mm-hmm. and it, that I think that there was, was a note left too. Uh, he, when he left the house, he left a note for for Casey saying I took care of it or something something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, exactly. And I think so I think what happens is that there's a huge fight that day mm-hmm. between uh Casey and her mom. I think it gets physical between those two. I think they get separated uh and the hustle and bustle of everyone getting fucking pissed at each other. I think oh uh Kaylee drowns, mm-hmm. falls in the pool and drowns. So accidental, right? And then I think Casey discovers the body with George and then they get rid of the body. Mm. So I think she goes away, has the body in the trunk. Okay. So the body's dead for a little bit or in the trunk and decomposed. And that's why that he smells the way it does. Then I think George comes back and then moves the body Mm. and dumps the body. And then they go put the car and they're like, just leave it here. We're fucking done. It's going to get towed. We'll never have to worry about it again yeah. or whatever. It's not going to come back to us that, that way. She goes parties. She's living her best life because now she doesn't have to worry about it because I think she's just the evil fucking person. Yeah. Uh, and then George can't take it. That's why he's going to commit suicide. Uh, and I don't think he spells it out properly, what he did and his responsibility. But I think he's just trying to cover his tracks and yeah. he just can't live with himself. Yeah. In my opinion. That's me off the fence. Definitely. So what's the extra extra? information extra information oh well soon after they uh inspected the car they crushed it the 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 anthony's had it crushed they turned it into a fucking cube Hmm. which is strange to begin with but how the fuck did casey pay jose baez she was broke as fuck she had no job this is a big time lawyer that apparently some inmate had told her about 
And um, I'll tell you how she paid them. Um, partially, she ended up filing for bankruptcy for about a million bucks, which I think ended up taking care of, of old Jose. Um, but there was this private investigator. His name is Dominic Casey. And he claims that Casey paid, Casey Anthony paid uh, Jose Baez with sexual favors. Ooh. And here's here's why. Now, this was in sworn affidavits, and he did uh, quite a few interviews talking about it. Um, he says that he was speaking to – he basically he was working with Baez at the time. Um, and Baez had admitted to him that Casey had admitted to killing uh, poor little Kaylee and hiding her body, dumping her body, as she said. Um, then he claims that Dominic – Casey claims that he had showed up unannounced to Jose Baez's office and there was a naked Casey Anthony in there. And she looked at, at Dominic Casey and he said she told him that I just do whatever he tells me to do because I don't have any money to pay him. And at some point in time, um, I think it was during one of the hearings, uh, there was kind of like a little win for Team Baez, right? And he, walking away, he tells Casey, you owe me three blowjobs for that one. And he overheard this and was like, what the fuck? Um, so eventually, she ends up filing for bankruptcy for a million bucks, and they settle it that way. Um, but I do think that he took advantage of her, Um She's very and, – and, and, and in all honesty, I think that Kaylee was the product of maybe a sexual assault. And and this is why Casey's in this weird funk about – I don't want to tell you guys who it is. But she's also very vulnerable when it comes to sexual activities. And I think he saw that and, and he capitalized on it. Yeah. Um, any guess as to what her profession is today? None. You know what she's doing? Okay. Buffalo um, Wild Wings waitress. No. She's actually a private investigator. <laughs> That's like a fucking true story, dude. She tried to start a, a photography business, which kind of failed because she was getting a lot of inquiries, but they weren't about photographs. They were about, what's up, bitch? Killed your kid? Shit like that, right? They, 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 they didn't want to have anything to do with her actual business, um, hmm. so she had to shut it down. But yeah, she's a fucking private. She's a licensed private investigator. Can you imagine that? She didn't do a so good job about investigating her Zanny the nanny. Well, it's because she knew what fucking happened. Yeah, but that, that shit killed me. I'm like, this bitch who was claiming to investigate her missing daughter ends up being a private investigator. Silly as fuck. Yeah, that's silly as fuck. That's crazy. All right. Well, that's our true crime episode. That bitch, Casey Anthony. Make sure you guys hit our social medias. Um, check out our website, wbconspiracies.com, Instagram. We are no longer on Twitter. I think you guys already know that. Um, like, subscribe. Yep. Throw us a response. Get, if us, you, yeah. up. get us those uh, Get us those five-star reviews. Um, email us. Share with your friends, all right? Uh, be a hooligan and, and spread it like butt cheeks. All right, uh, so that's the end of this episode. I have been Boye. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you guys next time. All right, Truth Hooligans, I want to tell you about our amazing friends over at Dr. Cowan's Garden. That's right, the 
Dr. Thomas Cowan, a practicing holistic doctor in San Francisco who has revolutionized health with healing your body through a clean diet and natural medicines. You may recognize him through numerous videos, lectures, discussing many different topics concerning your health. And when it comes to viruses and the integrity of some tests that are being used to prop up the pharmaceutical industry's mass hysteria operations. Dr. Cowan and his family have created a way to benefit your body by inputting clean, healthy toppings that you can add to your already existing diet. Dr. Cowan's garden has created powerful vegetable powders that you can add to your already existing recipes and use them as seasoning. Each of these jars contains roughly 50 teaspoons of a single teaspoon serve and a single teaspoon serving of Dr. Cowan's Gardens powdered vegetables equates to a full serving of cooked vegetables. Parents having trouble with stubborn toddlers not wanting to eat or finish their vegetables, not a problem. Throw a teaspoon of this shit on top, boom. Full serving of cooked vegetables. We're excited to work with Dr. Cowan's Garden by clicking the link, your new unique promo code, Dr. Cowan's Garden, to receive 15% off your entire order. Change the way you view what you put in your body and see how these products can change your life. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Donald Trump, Putin, shit. I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value. By order of the hooligans. Welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar.